Hello everyone, I'm Jen and welcome to another episode of Monogamous Pod. On this week's episode, we'll be talking about being single and polyamorous and I'm excited to bring out my special guest, Malika Kumbi. Now Malika runs NYC Love House and I put out a call into the ether asking for single polyamorous people, which is actually a lot harder to find than you would think. And she so graciously agreed to be on the pod. You guys know that I was single for quite some time. And so this is one of those conversations that definitely resonated with me. I was someone who started polyamory while single. And so I did not have the buffer that a lot of people did when it came to like being in monogamous partnerships at the time. And I don't know, it was great to talk to someone else who was single starting this journey. And I really, really love Malika. So check out this conversation with Malika right now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Monogamish Pod. I am your host, Jen. And with me today, I have Malika Cumby to talk yes. about the very, very important conversation that is always missing when we talk about polyamory. What what happens if you're single? <laughs> what happens if you're single? And we had a little pre-conversation, I guess you could say, that I'll squeeze in here for you guys at some point, talking about some of the initial reactions that people have, mm. especially to women choosing to be single at any point in their lives. But before we dive even further into that, let me say, Lika, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm very yeah. grateful to be here. I think you're amazing. I love this podcast, so that's good. <laughs> oh, thank you. So why don't you tell people a little bit about you just so they can hear about you in your own words before I start this very intense conversation okay my name is malika and i i let's see we're talking about polyamory so i feel like i discovered the word polyamory about eight years ago and i was single i had just got divorced and I was like, oh yeah, that is definitely who I am. And I was enjoying the dance of dating. I was enjoying having a lot of fun, being a newly single woman and having a lot of fun, a lot of sex fun, a lot of whatever. But I, I was like, you know what? I feel like I want more than just situationships. I want relationships that are deeper and I want to have multiple of them. Or if that was to happen, I want to not have to lie about that. I want to do it in the most like way in which it's in, full of integrity and ethical. So when I found the word polyamory, I was like, oh, that's me. Yeah. And I found all these polyamory communities and I was silent for a lot of years. Because my first polyamorous relationship, I, that was a real discovery relationship. I learned a lot and, and not a great way in the sense that it was a really bad relationship. So from yeah. like the ending of that, doing a lot of shadow work, doing a lot of work of figuring out what could have been the issues or whatever, I started to come into who I am as a polyamorous woman. Like I'm solo poly, I'm relationship anarchist and I started to have a lot more language around the type of poly that really works for me and non-hierarchical, things like that. And then I dated some more. <laughs> I also started to be someone who creates uh, meetups for the polyamorous community. So I was like black, uh, like part of Black and Poly. I was yeah. the events coordinator for New York City. 
So I was doing a lot of just, hey, and a lot of my meetups were like not just dating centered. It was very like, we are just here to create community. We are here to, it is such an amazing thing to have other polyamorous friends. So let's just have the focus be, let's go bowling or whatever. And by yeah. the way, we're all polyamorous folks. So it was wonderful to do that for a good, I feel like I intentionally did that for maybe about two years. And I also, I'm a yoga teacher, I'm a doula. A lot of these things inform everything that I do, although I don't actively teach, although I don't, I'm not an active birth doula, it informs how I hold space for folks. Also during the pandemic, I started a thing called the Poly Bar, which was a virtual space. Anybody can do this. Please grab your friends and, and get on Marco Polo or get on some type of Zoom and have Zoom virtual community. So I created a, a virtual community. The first one was all gendered. The second one was just non-men and it was amazing. Yeah. It was really amazing. And I also host erotic events. I like to <laughs> call erotic events. <laughs> I, I, I am a stand for sexual liberation and I was already attending like play parties and I don't consider myself a swinger per se, but it was something that is a part of my adult journey. And I was attending all these parties and in attending the parties, I realized there's just a lot of things missing regarding what like consent and just different things. I felt like I wanted to develop a party that focused on a lot of the things that I care about. So I started uh, NYC Love House. It was originally a yoga studio, but I switched it to like where, wait, wellness does include sex. Yeah, wellness <laughs> does include sex. It doesn't have to, yoga is important to sex. Right. Sex is important to sex. Let's just do it. Let's do it. So when I did that, I changed it to NYC Love House. I also host uh, platonic cuddle parties. So that was like cuddle puddle gatherings. That sounds fun. Yeah, I went to a few and I love them. And it's beautiful to really think about how can we explore touch and it not be sexual. And, and it's just the beginning of compartmentalizing a lot of these needs that we all have, which is touch. Sometimes we have sex needs. I love compartmentalizing it and delving into it in a way that has us really think about, wait, I can have some of my needs met and it be ethical and I don't have to be in a relationship. I don't have to be pressed mm -hmm. to hold on to this crappy ass relationship because I know how to, if I really need to be held, I can know how to go get that done. Or I know how to go and if I want to go have some sex, I know how to do that. And I can do that in an ethical way. I still have more work to do around it. It's a very new company. I did a lot of this during the pandemic. So still, yeah. it's still very, it's a baby. And I want to get more, a lot more products around just information around etiquette and consent and just a lot of things regarding it. But basically I create erotic events and also events that gather folks. And they are a reflection of, of a lot of the things I like to do. <laughs> yeah. You sound amazing. Everyone listening at home sure is, wow, I have to be friends with this person. So, oh, and that. it's mommy mode, home mode. So that's how my life yeah. goes. I, I share custody with my child's father. So half the week she's with him, the other half she's with me and I navigate my life as a single mother. And when she's over there, then I can just be. 
be. You can be. Whatever that may be, that's what you're going to be. who I am. So I wear a lot of hats. No, yeah, this sounds wonderful. The fact that you're able to create these experiences as well, just even from the Black and Poly days, just, yeah, we don't all need to be fucking each other all the time to be in community. We can just, we can hang out. Yes. Like, it is so important, especially coming from a world where we're in monogamous society and it's just almost being around some of your monogamous i have a few monogamous friends that are grandfathered in but let's just say i'm around like monogamous folks and just feeling like not seen not heard maybe feeling like a zoo animal feeling very like fetishized or ooh, tell me more about that or whatever and to be in a space where it's just oh i feel you i feel what you're going through and i see you and I don't necessarily need to date you. That's important. Community is so healing. It's it's a big part of, it's a big pillar in my mental health. It's a big part of what supports me and holds me. I'm just a woman who's like, oh, that's not here. I need to create that because I need it. Like, I really, it's not, oh, I want, I'm, it's not like, oh, I love creating all this. It's, oh, nobody's doing that. And I really need y'all. You know, like, yeah. I need, I need people we need each other and that's how the polybar got created it's yo the whole world might be coming to an end and i need to see some faces i need to connect and we all held each other and held space for each other and it was beautiful yeah it, it that's wonderful i think of how the pandemic definitely shifted my poly community journey like mm-hmm. i I'd been living in the U.S. for many years at that point, but had never really found a polyamorous community. Like, I'm not a Facebook group person. I'm quote unquote lame. And then in Florida, it's mostly like sex clubs, you know, trapeze and things like that. But the the people that go there were just not people that I would necessarily want to be in community with. Not that there's anything wrong with them, but just how they interacted with me was, it was all just rooted, like you said, in that fetishization in sex in in those things and i hate it so i pretty much stuck to my monogamous friends i did have polyamorous community of course in jamaica which is where i'm from and where i developed into my non-monogamous journey but Mm -hmm. obviously i'm in florida there in jamaica that's we can only keep up as much as we can and so when the pandemic happened and work slowed down a lot and then i saw that Sheree and Shanae, who put on Black Poly Pride, were having these online events, like, are Black people allowed? Yeah, shout out to them. Right? I randomly stumbled upon, I think, a post on Twitter about it. I didn't follow any of them. I didn't know who any of these people were. (laughs) I was just like, polyamory online event, it's free, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And in going, of course, I've met so many amazing people through that. They're wonderful. We have other mutual connections that we know that I met through that event as well. And it's just, Wow. And so being able to build this community, even only online, while we're all trying to figure out what the fuck is happening, let's be honest. In the early stages of the pandemic, we had no idea what was going on. It was scary. (laughs) It was really scary. And I was in Florida, so you know. This podcast is needed. Thank you for what you do. Anytime people are gathering folks and bringing people in and saying, let's check on each other. How are you feeling? If it's virtual or if it's in person. It's so important. And for me, also, I'm someone who's been through some abusive relationships. And in leaving those relationships, going to therapy, finding groups for women who've been through abuse, I, and reading books about codependency and all these different things, 
it has made me really understand that community is 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 so important for my health. It's important for even when I am in a, re- a healthy relationship to continue to pour into my community. So it's not, oh, I'm in this relationship and I'm isolated. So I can bounce things off people. Like, hey, is this, am I tripping? Yeah. No, listen. <laughs> so like, this is what just happened over here with this person. Am I tripping? I need a mirror. You know, we need to be mm-hmm. each other's mirror so we can support each other to make sure that we're not being gaslit. So we're not being harmed in an emotionally abusive way. And that it's not just I'm reliant on this one person as my whole everything. I have yeah. other people. And and that's why I feel like when I say I'm single, it's really sometimes a little blurry for me because I also let people know I I have people. <laughs> I have people I love. I have people that love me. So right now I'm not technically partnered where we call each other partners, but I have people who love me, who pour into me. I also get my needs met regarding sex. I have lovers who I, and I don't necessarily acknowledge them as partners and we can get into that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I I don't have any titled relationships right now, but I, I definitely have people that I love and people that love me. And some of them are friendships. Some of them are friends with sex. Some of them are family, but just people who love me need to know that I, Malika will probably always have people in her life. Yeah. I think that is very true. We don't, we, the collective don't tend to think about what that means when you say that, oh yeah, I'm single. I'm just like, I'm alone. It's like, but are you alone? If you have people that you love, who love you, who care for you, there's this idea that polyamory is only about romantic and sexual connections which cannot be true because there are people who are aromantic, people who are asexual. There are other elements to the love that we allow ourselves to give and receive from people. And we definitely need to acknowledge that. Yes, you may be unpartnered, but you are not alone. Exactly. And that's a lot of my, I identify as our relationship anarchist. And that was a real revelation into, okay, so solo poly, was a real revelation into who I am for my community and how I pour into those cups, whether I have a relationship or not. Relationship anarchy was a big part of me being present to that I always have people and that these people are significant to me. I feel like in monogamous culture, it's, oh, we don't really talk about the lover that you had, the the guy that I got a few, I live alone in a big apartment, okay? (laughs) And I, I do have my daughter half the time, but I live alone and I have, let's say I have the guy who comes over and drills things, who's my real friend, who, who oh. supports me. I'm just kidding. So not the, <laughs> the maintenance plumber, man. Okay. The plumber, the maintenance man. No. Yeah. <laughs> I have friends who just support my life, who show up for me and I count them as my friends. Those are significant people to me. No, we are not relate in a relationship. One of the things I always ask is, are you cheating on anyone? Are you, does someone know that you were here? Let's say we <laughs> lovers. Are you hurting anyone out in the world? Those I ask, you got to ask that five different ways to make it work. Oh yeah. Cause they are like, oh, are you seeing anyone? No, I'm not seeing anybody right now. Are, does anyone think they are seeing you? Right, are, are exactly. you married? Yeah, you does anyone watch. think they are married to you? Would like, anybody be upset with the, if you were here, are you like, does anyone think they're in a relationship with you? So I asked that five different yeah. ways because it's important to me 
that I'm not dragging along a bunch of harm, but I do have lovers mm. and friends and I don't just miss that. I don't be like, oh, they're nothing. They are significant to me. They added joy to my day or they add joy to my life or they show up for me. So I acknowledge those relationships that don't fit in a particular clear box. And I also accept and acknowledge that it doesn't fit in that box. We are just in each other's life. We are not partnered, but we appreciate each other. So I have relationships like that. And I let people know, let's say if I were to start dating, I let people know that I have people. I'm single, but I have people in my life that show up for me. Yeah. Okay. So was it a conscious decision to be single? I asked that because for some people, it's just, oh, I got out of a relationship and then it just kind of happened that I stayed single. But so, well, right yeah. now it's a conscious decision. I had, let me see, 2020, I feel like I had three breakups. <laughs> I don't want to delve into them specifically, but in general polyamorous relationships. I've had some, a lot of breakups and I can talk about that. But in 2021, I think I went through one breakup. It was a brief relationship. And after that relationship, I was like, I need to just take a break from actively dating. I need to take a break mm -hmm. from, yeah, I'm not really interested right now. I need a break. It could be like a year. It could be the next year, I just need a break. So I'm intentionally single, but also I still meet people. So I'm still like subtly open to who knows what could happen. But for now, I'm not yeah. intentionally, I'm not intentionally dating. I'm not really, I'm focused on myself. I have some things that I need to focus on and that takes time and energy. And I don't, I, I feel at capacity and I'm not even partnered, if that makes sense. So it makes me feel like I need to, if anyone were to meet me and they want to intentionally date, I would tell them right now, I'm not really focused on, I don't have time or energy or resources. And I feel very, it feels very, this is the, this is what I can give, which is very little. And if someone easily fits in my life and they just want to ride that out and they, and we easily enjoy each other and it's very easy. And it turns into something where later on, I feel like I have more capacity and I can give more Then cool. But for now, it's just, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And a lot of people diminish capacity as just being for romantic connections, but you're right. Capacity involves taking care of yourself, <laughs> meeting your commitments and spending time with people you love, like family, friends, et cetera. So right. I, I hear a lot of people talking about being polysaturated or, you know, unable to take on new partners, but they're just saying, oh yeah, I just, I have three partners right now. I just can't do another romantic relationship. And yeah. like, where, where do you fit into that? Are you able to take care of your relationship with yourself? Right. Are you able to spend time with your friends, with your family, with other people you love? I, I feel those like are things so that need to people. be factored. Yeah. yeah. There's so many people who are like, they, once they get poly or they feel like they're poly, they're like, oh, I want to get all the plants. <laughs> I, I call the people the plants and they don't know how to water them. They don't know how to pour into them. They don't understand that this plant needs to be watered three times a day. And this plant needs a special pot. And they're just like getting all these plants and they're all dying. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to get a new one. And they're just happy to get new plants and, and, and their plants. Are, and I'm like, I'm about to take my little soil, <laughs> my plant yeah. out to the damn garden because you don't know how to maintain this relationship. So I've had a lot of little situations where, you know, people, let's say they're dating a lot and it feels like they're just really excited to get these new relationships. And then we're in a relationship and it doesn't feel 
like I'm being tended to or cared for. And I'm a very low maintenance plant. It's not like I was like, hey, I need, I just need, I just need a little bit of this. Yeah. A little bit of that. And, and, and not feeling cared for or tended to. It's okay, then I'm going to just take my plant and get going because I'm good. But I just, it's, it's, it's just unfortunate when people can't understand or assess what is the, because you can have love unlimited, but your time and your resources aren't unlimited. So like being able to assess, like, I enjoy you. I think you're amazing. And I feel like I definitely am happy that we met, but I don't know if I can maintain a relationship with you and being able to acknowledge that, or this is what I have to give. I don't think I can give what you need. That goes into consent, like giving somebody all the information that they need so that they can make an informed decision or choice. Like it tells me, it seems like you need this and this. I read your, I read what the criteria on the back of your plant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and I don't think I can give all of that. So let me just not, let's just not do this right now. Yeah. It's let me not take you home from the plant store. Let me like, I can visit you and I can spend some time when I'm in the store, but I'm not going to, I can't take take you home home. to care for Yeah. Let's just acknowledge that when it's important, when you can. I think if more people did that, a lot of heartbreak would would be avoided. So I feel like right now I'm in a space where I can't give a lot to a committed relationship. And that literally might change in July. (laughs) But for now, that's where I'm at. Yeah, no. And that makes sense. The fact that you are also aware of that and that you communicate that clearly to anyone who may want to engage in your orbit in this way is also important because like you said consent is a huge thing people can't consent to something they don't have all the information to yes that's important and people don't like to have these hard conversations they don't it's important for me to move through the world where i am harming people the least so it's important for you to know yourself and be able to communicate what you can give and what you can't so that people can make an informed decision. If you're just like, Hey, I just want to have some sex every now and then. And I don't know if I have the capacity to do a bunch more. If you just want to meet up for some sex every now and then that is what I'm capable of. Then communicate that, be bold, be courageous. Yeah. Know that there are people who are like, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) And that works for me too. (laughs) That's, That's pretty much what I do. I was telling my friend a story about this. I... There are very few people where I feel immediately drawn to and just know what kind of relationship we're going to have. Mm-hmm. So with my best friend, I met her, like, I knew we heard from before, but like, we never actually met. We were just in the same class because we were little kids. So like, mm-hmm. we met and I was like, oh, you're going to be my best friend. I feel it. This is what's happening. And she was like, oh, okay. Wow. And here we are 20 years later, still Aww. doing the thing. But there is someone that I met at a different time period in my life. And I was like, we're going to have sex. We're going to have a lot of sex. I think that's Mm. what our relationship is going to be. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, that's what's happening. Right. And of course my friends are like, we don't know her to be like this. Like what's going on? (laughs) And I was like, no, this is the thing. I was like, so when do you want to fuck? Do you want to be tonight or tomorrow? Let's schedule this. (laughs) And so it ended up being like the next day I went to his house, like we hooked up and it was like, yeah. 
and and do this again we just do it yeah and we did that for a couple of years that was just and you know what with that it's so important to just continuously do some check-ins because it's okay to go you know what i'm starting to get some feelings yo i'm starting to look in your eyes like we were just a bit too intimate right now looking in your eyes and i'm feeling but honestly i i already operate like every time i have sex it's a very intimate sacred beautiful experience where I'm vulnerable and all of that, let's say. And sometimes uh, the partner may confuse that, that I, cause we had this really intense, amazing, beautiful experience, especially if it's a continuous experience, they may mm-hmm. confuse that with, I, I want to be in a actual, let's say deeper relationship where we have more layers than just sex. I have to acknowledge if I'm getting feelings or if, if my, if, if things are changing or if they're changing and I have to continue to check in. Are you yeah. okay with this? Can you handle that we're just going to be doing some sex? And it's usually not yeah. just sex. It's usually also a little bit of intimacy too, where we're cuddling or we might watch a movie or something like that. So I am in the constant check-in with myself. I'm in a constant check-in with them. I'm also checking in, is everything still the same? Are you still single? (laughs) Are you still not lying to someone? There's just always a constant check-in. And as soon as something is off that doesn't align with like my boundaries and and things, and then I remove myself. And not everybody can handle a sex-centered relationship. And I still think of those relationships as relationships and connections and It's just, we may only have one or two layers of our connection. No, that's very true. No, it it does make a lot of sense. It is still a relationship because you are sharing intimate time and space. If we are giving each other time and it is a multiple time thing, then this is a relationship. Yep. This is a relationship. This is a connection. And, And honestly, I still say you are significant to me. And I don't shy. I don't think of it as a casual thing. It is, we are sharing time. We are sharing, we are relieving stress. It is important to me. And we don't have, we may not be in a relationship. I don't know how to describe it. It's not a committed relationship. It's not a relationship. In some ways we are committed because we committed to meeting up the next time. (laughs) Yeah. We we committed to continue to share our genitals with each other. (laughs) We are here to, you know, be in service to each other and it, and it can still be beautiful. And then honestly, after a time, I still, then they start to me, I feel like we become friends. It's like we're friends. Yeah. So I'm open to relationships flowing and evolving just because I say, this is what it is right now. Doesn't mean that later it may be something else. But to just acknowledge mm-hmm. and call it what it is and not make what it is something that it isn't. I don't know. Don't, yeah, like, don't, 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 don't trivialize or overbuild the thing. Just don't trivialize it, but then don't make it like it's this deep partnership when it isn't. It's a partnership, but it's just between certain parts of our bodies. <laughs> and, and that helps. That helps expectations. Yes. It helps manage hurt when you're constantly Mm -hmm. managed the titles for me help me to manage my expectations so i do put things in a category and things can flow in and out of these categories at any time but for me to i have to label it in my head so that it helps me to manage my expectations and it helps me know what to communicate to the other person things like that's so important so you can also know what to communicate right (laughs) exactly people 
guys, all the gems that are just being dropped right now. I cannot somehow <laughs> clip this entire episode yeah. as like little things, okay? But I will try. And there are people who are single who are not having sex with anyone. And single for yeah. them means that they have no other people in their life. They have no lovers in their life. And that is completely fine too. Mm-hmm. For me, single means unpartnered. Like I have no titled relationship. I don't call anyone my partner. I don't call anyone my boyfriend, my girlfriend as of right now. Yeah, no, that's true. When I was single, it, it encompassed all of the things. There was no sex. There was no, the mm-hmm. only intimate connections I had in my life were friends and family and mm-hmm. not even friends with benefits. And so right now I'm not single. I'm single-ish. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> single-ish. There is no partner, but right. there is a person. There, we're, there, we're dating. There's an intentionality, but we're not at a partnership partnership level so that's now yeah for me partnership means that we've really flushed out a lot of things they are polyamorous i usually don't partner with someone who isn't not to say there's anything wrong with partnering with a monogamous person but i don't as of right now or yeah it's not something that i would want to do and we've flushed out all these expectation conversations we've flushed out a whole bunch of things on what we define as partnership. And we've had all these thorough conversations and we're on the same page and now we can call each other partners. And for now I don't have anybody like that and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the general reaction that you get from people when you say that you are single in polyamorous spaces? Is that something that you discuss with people? Because I know like when I mentioned people, like you said, there was a poly poppin. Is your poly poppin or not conversation that happens? Mm-hmm. And so when I'm like, oh no, there's nobody. Like, what do you mean there's nobody? <laughs> no, there's literally nobody. Like th- there's my hand, right. my left hand, and my right hand, but there's nobody else. It feels very. You know how those people who are like, what you mean we not building? You know, like like you know, building. <laughs> oh my like, god, what I like. Like, what's your goal or even the resolution? What's your goals for this year? To continue to focus on my mental health? To continue to survive the pandemic? To live? To to just be? It's like this whole, like, oh, you're supposed to have these goals. And I'm in this group. I have, I'm in a few polyamorous groups and there's a a couple groups, but one in specific that's very, the person who's leading it gets very annoyed with the fact that people are not very clear about when whether they're dating or not or or like what they're looking for i think that yeah i could feel the frustration when you're just like i'm open to meeting people but i'm not intentionally dating yeah you know it's frustrating for people who need very clear defined like i want to meet i want to find my boyfriend this year i want to have three partners this year and uh, whether it's uh, women or whatever, I want to find you. It's very frustrating, especially the ones that, what is the question? It'll be like, how does, what's your dynamic goals? Or yeah. Your of- desired dynamic. <laughs> like what kind of dynamic are you looking for? I've seen that question pop up a lot. <laughs> right. And you'd be like, I don't, I don't have any. <laughs> and <they'd be> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I, when I, cause a lot of groups for people who are not in the groups, that's one mm-hmm. of the questions they ask you to answer or mm-hmm. what's your current dynamic, what kind of dynamic you want and like intro posts and things like that. And this is across right. several groups. So you can't just pinpoint one. It's many groups. Mm-hmm. And so I always just answer, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm solo poly. <laughs> and I just leave it at that <laughs> and just get people, but I can say for me, 
at a certain point in time, mm-hmm. I can tell you what dynamics I'm not interested in, but I can't. Right. Like for me, like kitchen table is not my preferred dynamic. Like to have a kitchen table poly uh-huh. dynamic mean is a very specific thing. We have to all be a certain set of people. It's and organic. Yeah. yeah, you can't just decide that's what it is without having an organic connection with all the members involved. Right. So I would never say I'm seeking that because that exactly. it just feels yeah. But some people they're like, oh, I want it. I want a kitchen table polydynamic, and I was like, okay. So what are you guys doing to foster that? Like, how do you go about doing that? I don't. Is it like changing a tire? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, can you just rotate members out? Because that's the other thing too. Because when they talk about these things, they're they cast a very interesting net about who they're open to and who they want to experience. And then right. it's, you see them just swapping out certain members, like you're rotating tires on a car. And I'm like, but is that Listen. really kitchen table pie? Is that really what you're doing? Listen, the motherfuckers I had to leave. <laughs> no, let me stop. I just feel like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's very clear when people are very clear about how they want their relationship stuff to look, but they're not committed to the actual people in their life. Like the people that they're actually like they've attained as this is my partner. They're not committed to like, how can I make this be amazing? But they're committed to the overall, like how it looks. Aesthetics. The overall set up. The, yeah, it's not really like, how can I really create it where this particular relationship that I'm like a one-on-one relationship, this relationship is really amazing or nurtured or thriving. Even if it goes through ups and downs, it's something that they're generally like committed to working out on. Yeah. I'm just, it's just, I'm out here. (laughs) You'd be out here confusing people in the groups. (laughs) I'm out here. I'm out here. And also it makes me, for me, I take a dip back I don't know. I I don't know how I fit regarding even being, I've seen so much. So it makes me start to question. I don't necessarily know how I fit or feel about being like one of those facilitators and having poly people meet because I'm over, I'm over it in a lot of the ways and a lot of the things that I've seen, it just makes me feel very, just, can I just live? (laughs) Yeah. love on the people that show up for me and Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about polyamory as much as the people who do (laughs) yes it just it just ends up being like overwhelming and it's just a lot of talk because when you look deeper in it's but is your partners happy though like do they they don't Mm. seem happy they don't I don't you got a lot of people but I don't know is she is are they I don't think I don't feel it but yeah. I, I see y'all. I see y'all. I just can't worry about other people. I could just only worry about me and go, you know what? I just want to be loved and love on the people that show up for me. And that's that. And I'm not here to really define it so much for other people. Yeah. Do you find that your understanding of yourself has shifted as you move along this journey of polyamory relationship anarchy and even currently like being technically single (laughs) you know what i don't even want to act like i'm on some throne all these people i feel like it's it's a lot of layers you peel when you become polyamorous so when i first started i was the first relationship i was like so i need to be the main person i was like shedding all this stuff but i was like oh i need to be i'm hierarchical or 
we're having a baby. So I need to, some of it was a little just because he was a jerk anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but I need to feel loved. And, you know, I was holding on to a lot of like feeling, wanting to feel very centered. And then I stripped that away when that relationship ended. And, and I'm like, I don't even feel that anymore. I don't. That's not even how I operate. And also, yeah, I think now it's always evolving. I think I was at a certain point, like feeling down on myself because I don't have a certain amount of partners or like I have to constantly, let's say there's some relationships that I had to leave because we weren't compatible. Me feeling like down on myself. Oh my God, I can't maintain multiple relationships at a single, at a certain time. And feeling like I'm doing it all wrong and maybe I'm not polyamorous or the groups in the world will have you really question whether you're poly or not because your mm-hmm. relationships are not sticking where you have three, yeah. three partners and they're not sticking and it's you that's the problem. And I'm like, no, I feel like I really do my shadow work. I really delve into what could have, what, how I could have contributed to this, all of these things. But I also ain't going to stay in a relationship just for the sake of having a relationship. If it doesn't work and we're not compatible or boundaries are being brought broken or I'm not feeling cared for. I feel like we are in a, such a stay in stay together culture. <laughs> like, nigga, I'm the fucking yeah. breakup coach. Okay. Like I just be like, yo, if it ain't working, you need to. You know what works? Me being by my goddamn self. I like, like, I just want to have healthy days and peaceful days and have people. I definitely have people. And I don't want to say it meaning be by myself like I'm alone. But what I mean is I'm not tied or enmeshed to a part, a, a situation that isn't working, that clearly isn't working for the sake of partnership, for the sake yeah. of my polyamory looking great. That's just not... Yeah, part of this whole journey became, started with, I care about myself. I care about my mental health. I left an abusive marriage, a monogamous marriage. I ain't never, I ain't going to be poly in three abusive relationships, you know, or no. three crappy relationships, or whatever, just for the sake of saying that I'm polyamorous. Yeah, for the sake of it looking polyamorous. Yeah. So with that, I had to redefine, no, I'm still polyamorous. I desire and I desired, no, wait, I'm capable of loving more than one person. I'm capable of maintaining more than one romantic relationship. And I desire for it to be ethical and have all parties uh, consent to it. And I communicate that when I meet people that I'm polyamorous and that I'm not okay if they are lying to someone else about our relationship. So I am a polyamorous woman, whether I'm single or whether I have five partners. And also there's a layer of, for me, it's, I am also a hoe. It's like all this, all this can be true, but I'm (laughs) also a hoe. You know, I mean, what I mean is I'm also, I'm someone who facilitates erotic, I curate erotic experiences. I, even before I did that, I love, I'm very sex positive and I'm happiest when I feed my sex drive and I know how to do that in ethical ways, whether I'm in a relationship or not. Yeah. With that said, sometimes there's the poly crowd that will say, oh, you have all these 
lovers or whatever it is that you have. And I'm exaggerating. I don't necessarily have, I don't know what I have. Right now. <laughs> that's not, a, that's, that's that's not the point. Business. You have all these partners or lovers or whatever. That's not really poly. Poly is not all about sex. And I'm just saying poly is who I identify as polyamorous. So whether I'm celibate for the next five years or whether I have five partners tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and a day could look like that. It doesn't matter it, whether I have three partners, romantic partners, or whether I have no partners. I'm poly. I'm a polyamorous woman. I identify as that. And I tell people that when I meet them, that they are free. You know, I am free. They are free to love who they want to love. I am free to love who I want to love. <laughs> and I value the time that we put on the calendar together. That is what I can commit to. I can commit to being very present to you when we are together, but I am not here to own you and you do not own me. My body is my body and your body is your body and you get to do with it whatever you want. So I, I explain those boundaries when I meet people, even sex partners or whatever. I just explain that's how I operate in the world. Yeah. And you touched on a very important thing that you mentioned too, compatibility, which I think is something that a lot of people miss in trying to curate the perfect looking polyamorous situation, right? That is something that we need to really focus on. And then another aspect of your journey that's different from a lot of people that we see in polyamorous groups is that you were not married when you started this journey into yeah, polyamory. I was a single woman. I was a single, not married. I left my monogamous husband, monogamous marriage, and I was single when I began to be polyamorous. Yeah. And I find that a lot of people in the groups are married in polyamorous. Mm -hmm. And so that definitely shifts a lot of their thinking and their mm -hmm. mindsets and certain dynamics. And it's interesting, <laughs> I will say, how... They approach the situation right. and part of it is also like they have something to fall back on in a sense, mm -hmm. like, like it, for some people and their interactions with me, it feels like you're collecting coins. You're just collecting me right. to possess me, to own me, but there's no love or care offered to me. It's right. just uh, well, but you're my partner obviously like we'll fucking stuff and we'll take photos and we'll do the thing and we'll do the happy polycule. Right. But I, I all that love and care point. is not for you. It's for my wife. You know what I mean? It's right. Yeah. Oh, hell no. Yeah. And that's why I don't do hierarchy because if now we're talking about, this is someone we're entering into a partnership and we are declaring that we care for each other and we love each other and we are intentionally connecting then I don't want to feel like I'm a second, I'm someone's pet. I'm like, I'm an afterthought. Yeah. This person is higher than you. And if people don't know how to communicate how they can, how they love the people that they acquired or the people that they partnered with in a way in which they both feel that everybody feels cared for, then that's not the person for me. It's, it, it becomes like when you really get to a space of like happiness, whether you're single as a single human. You really are like, what is this? What is in this for me? Why am I partnering with you? That's some of the people that I had to get let go. Is you look like you getting a lot out of this. So what, what am I so, getting? So much so you getting so much out of this that it looked like 
I'm a commercial for you getting other partners. Yes. <laughs> Especially as someone who becomes, <laughs> let's say you're in the community and you start to be someone who are really, is really people look to you to, let's say you're, you're leading this podcast or you're whatever. There's some people are in the community looking to you. You partner with somebody then they get a lot of validation. They get a lot of, ooh, he's with this person or she's with this person. And then they get to have other partners and you're over here, your, your leaves is all dying. Yeah, listen. <laughs> you know, you ain't been watered for days. But it's meanwhile, real. they get to look and be like, look at my garden and look how full it is. And I know how to maintain these relationships. And you want to shout to the goddamn world. Oh, hell no. This, I don't feel cared for. I don't That's feel it. loved. I'm, I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm not feeling uh, loved and cared for. So how about we just not do this? Yep. And, and I've had to do that a couple times or whatever. And it is what it is. <laughs> I, it's so funny because you mentioned that. And I was just talking to someone else about this, not even two days ago, <laughs> about the yeah. fact that when you are partnering with someone, especially in the poly community, it's a cosign. Yes. <laughs> so like you partnering with them Ooh. is a big cosign. And so as a result of that, people are oh, like, for example, oh, oh Malika's really great. Malika's a leader of the community. She wouldn't be partnered with no fuck shit person. Well, Obviously, they're great. Oh, I give them validation. Not to say that they weren't completely I'm not I don't want to take all of that credit like they weren't awesome before I yeah. met them or anything like that. But definitely I feel like if you're a black woman, you and you are partnering with a lot of, and I'm going to get gendered on this. Yes, because that, that's really what it is. The men, you mm -hmm. are definitely giving them a big ass commercial. And for me, as, let me assess before I do this again, what are we really, what are you, what are you presenting to me that would make me feel like I want to prance you around as my partner? I'm yeah. just trying to figure that out. I don't want to, I don't want to sound arrogant or whatever, no, but it's, but it's really, not arrogance. It's just, but it's like, really, we historically as black women are going through life, not really feeling cared for, especially when, especially what irks me is, okay, fine. We've been, I've been through abuse, but sometimes the subtle shit that's not necessarily like the major things irks me more because yeah. the abuser is okay he was a fuck boy fuck him he's horrible you escaped that relationship with your life malika good job but the ones that are not abusive but just basically like is the bar is so low mm -hmm. for men so let's say they're not abusive but they just aren't caring for you it just irks me yeah. as when we are not taught to really feel our rage. Let me just tell you, I feel my rage. That shit irks me. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you're like, oh, I'm not even really being treated, you know, how you put on the commercial that you treat people. Yeah. No, you know, I you know what? <laughs> it's not worth it. There is someone I'm that good. I know who I was, this is, he was a monogamous person, but he's someone that I was dating. We were getting to that point where it could have been a partnership and it would have been me polyamorous and monogamous and mm -hmm. there is something that he did it wasn't a huge thing it wasn't a bad thing it wasn't abusive in any way but i was like nah this is a deal breaker for me <laughs> in this particular situation and it was a deal breaker not necessarily only because of the action but because of him refusing to talk to me him refusing to communicate refusing to follow refusing to like actually have a meaningful conversation right. about the thing. And I, I don't mean, do that. Especially do the that. ones, for me, it's like the ones that like, to the world, they, 
sometimes I feel like they team up with black feminist women to get more content so that they can yeah so that they can spill out a few more things but then when it really comes down to it like how are you really caring for the women the black women in your life like that is a thing that like I need further investigation from before I commit to someone because when you really get your worth I just be like nah I'm not gonna be your poster your commercial anymore yeah you know I just feel really like a lot of for me, my mantra is also, I don't send to these niggas anymore. Like, I don't send to these niggas. That's a clip right there, guys. I don't send to these <laughs> niggas anymore. I'm going to put know, it on I a goddamn t-shirt. It's, it really, it is something that you learn over time. How much heteronormativity has us really center men and also give, like, a lot of biscuits and trophies to, like, bare minimum stuff that they yep. do. So then you're just like, okay, once you get over it, it's okay. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I'm really just processing some of the things that I've been through and I need time in that processing. And I'm also just, let me just take some space and focusing on my energy because I'm just worthy to be cared for. I'm worthy of the world. I'm worthy of everything. I'm worthy of it all. And unless I feel cared for, I don't see me spending time with someone or just really assessing moment by moment do I choose this am I that's another thing like asking yourself a whole bunch of questions I I do that from my solo poly shit like I am and I, I know some solo poly people don't like uh you saying you're your primary partner but I as someone who has escaped from codependency I think of myself as my primary partner because I, I forget about myself I forgot about myself mm -hmm. So I have whole conversations with myself, like, how are you being treated? How are you, do you feel this person is, land? do you think this person is having some empathy for the fact that you're not feeling so great or whatever it is? Like a lot, yeah. I ask myself a whole bunch of questions. And if I'm not feeling cared for, then I get gone. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's important. And you're right. A lot of our society does center around <laughs> the just men. Yeah. It just centers around men. There yeah. is a man who told me like, Oh, I'm so grateful. I have you in my life. Here are all the things that you do for me. And he's telling me all these things that I have done for him, helped him like change his mindset and opened his mind and change his world, whatever. And he's spouting off all this stuff. And I'm just sitting there and I was like, but what has he done for me? Really? What have hey, I? Me. Yeah. I actually have a friend who does that. Life. Can you pay me then? Can you pay me? <laughs> and I have a friend that who does that now because I helped him navigate a difficult situation because he is someone that I love and care for. But he was mm -hmm. like, I need to show up for you in a way that makes sense. He's like, you have done all of these things for me and that is great. How can I show up for you? What is it that I can give to you that will <laughs> fulfill your life? And so sometimes that is like when I'm in town, like he will take me out to dinner. We'll have great, meaningful experiences together. He will, okay, I was thinking about you. So I bought you this amazing thing that I know you want. Like he shows mm -hmm. up and then he's, yeah, I was thinking on you, thinking about you. I want to check in with you. I just have a feeling that we need to talk about how you're doing today. And just even like little things like that, which for some people would be considered the bare minimum. I was like, wow. Like the fact that you well, actually thought about it. 
I don't think it's but bare I think minimum. that's relative. I yeah. think it's relative, and I think its context is important. Yeah, I don't think of like the bare minimum as it's so important. For first of all, it's the little things. I enjoy very yeah. little. Things. Like I said, that's the fact I that say, they showed up. That's why like... I say I am solo maintenance. Like I really enjoy like little like you thought of this or just whatever it doesn't take a lot for me to be like oh my god that was so amazing yeah (laughs) because it's something that's important to me yeah i'm really and you did that yeah i'm a gratitude i have a lot of gratitude for people who pour into me a little bit so when i say that we give a lot of biscuits to men that do the bare minimum when it's like literally let's say their partners are like drowning and not feeling cared for and they may say a couple things into the universe, like they are, they care about women or whatever it is that they do. And everybody around them is like, oh my God, you're so great. And I'm, I'm literally looking at, do your partners feel good? Like with yeah. you, like are, I'm like paying more attention to like how they're treating the women in their life, not like yeah. what they're saying. And that's so funny. It, yeah, <laughs> it is. It is interesting. A lot of abusers that I have seen also have that thing. You find them saying all these amazing things out into the universe about how wonderful women are, how they care for them, how they want to treat them. There is one that was pretty popular on Jamaican social media, I will say. And heavy, like feminist, whatever, like all these amazing spoutings, supposedly. (laughs) But I knew someone that he used to date and the person was like, yeah, no, he's an abusive little shit. And she didn't want the story out there at the time. So it's like, fine. But then he started trashing her in public. Oh, you know, and this. So he would go on like podcasts and talk about this ex-girlfriend who did these things. And everyone knows it's her. And so one day she was just, she just kind of snapped and she was like, oh, tell them about the time that you did that to me. And she showed the receipts. Mm. Silence. (laughs) Everyone was like, oh. Yeah, your favorite is also a piece of shit. He can say a lot of pretty words. That does not mean that he's a good person. Exactly. Yeah. After a while, you just start to go, okay, this, I don't have to let society's view of if you don't have five partners or three partners for three years, diminish the fact that you define yourself as polyamorous. You just, peace is, is priceless. So I think making sure that you are having good friendships, making sure that you are pouring into your family and people who show up for you, whether they are, whether you're having sex with them or not is important. And then for me, those things fill me up. So that's important. Yes, it is important. Of course, thank you so much for talking to me about that. I really appreciate it. Now tell people where they can find you and they can find more about NYC Love House. Yes. For now, go to Instagram, NYC Love House on Instagram. That's basically where everything is posted for now. Soon there'll be a a website. And look out for some more virtual events and some webinars and things that have to do with who we are as sexual beings and and people who desire touch and also consent and also Ooh. polyamory so that's like the other part it's, it's and also polyamory you know i also have i used to have i team up with another person who does an event for the kink community loki kink happens mm-hmm. with uh, nyc love house and i get to be around all the kinksters the black kinksters and it's really amazing so nyc love house is just a space that sees 
sex as a part of wellness and it's from a black polyamorous woman. So there's always going to be that trickled throughout some of the events. Yes. No, of course. I can't wait to come to an event. It's going to happen one of these days when I actually leave the house. (laughs) Maybe I'll come to you and NYC Love House uh, event. I have a, a signature event called Sex Church. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll bring sex church to DC at some point. Ooh, that would be nice. <laughs> it's more likely I will show up in New York before that just so yes. I can go to the Harry Potter store. But you know. <laughs> yeah, cool. and, and I am of the belief that Harry Potter is written by the fans. We don't subscribe to any turfiness. Right. That trolls. No turfs in, in NYC Love House. This mm-hmm. is a queer affirming space. I am a queer pansexual woman who's questioning my gender. Just making sure we understand that. Yes, no, of course. So thanks again for doing this. I really appreciate it. I've, of course, put all the links to find Malika in the show notes. And some special gems from the conversation will make their rounds on the internet. I just know it. (laughs) Thank y'all. Thank you for having me, Jen. Once again, I would love to thank Malika for agreeing to be on the pod and sharing her story with us. You can find the links to NYC Love House in the detailed show notes on our website at monogamishpod.com. Now let's talk a bit more about where you can find the pod in general. Obviously, you're listening to it here. Thank you to Anchor for hosting us. And you can find the video for this episode up on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, type in Monogamish Pod, and Bob's your uncle. I also have no idea where that phrase came from. Who's Bob? I don't have an uncle named Bob. Anyway, if you want to find Monogamish Pod on social media, you can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at Monogamish Pod. Pretty easy, right? You can you can find us that way. And if you want to support the podcast financially, you can support our merch shop by heading over to monogamishpod.threadless.com or clicking the shop button on our website. You can also support us using the Anchor support feature, anchor.fm slash monogamishpod, and just click the support button. You can donate as low as 99 cents. If you want some bonus content, more bang for your buck, so to speak, you can head on over to patreon.com slash monogamishpod. It must be typed in that way. It is an 18 plus platform and you can support the podcast for as low as $3 a month. And just to let you know, once you support the podcast financially, all that money goes towards keeping this podcast running, paying for software, paying for someone doing transcripts and for assistance in uploading all of our old episodes on YouTube. Of course, if you want to speak to me directly, just Jen, about things, whether it's about, oh, I want you to edit my podcast, or, oh, I just want to talk to you about stuff, you can find me at HappyMetJen on Twitter and Instagram. I'm pretty much always on Twitter, to be honest. So shoot me a DM over there. And of course, we are always looking for amazing people to feature on the podcast. If you are a person of color who is polyamorous and you have a great story, feel free to reach out, pitch yourself. Who knows? You might be a future guest on the pod. And so that's all I have for you today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Once again, I'm Jen and this is Monogamish Pod. Have a great night, y'all.